Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Well, happy Friday, everybody. Great to have you with us on the show today. Sponsored by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket imports domestics, micro brews. Best selection of beer anywhere. What is dad like? Maybe dad likes wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewers and, of course, the Pickle Bar, led by the Barrels and the Dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Father's Day weekend. Stock up for Dad. Maybe you want to give Dad a gift from Brewers Outlet. Gift card? Maybe a gift card's one. Gift card? Or maybe just something that you buy at Brewers Outlet. It's all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And happy Father's Day to Matt Catrillo, who became a dad for the second time last week. Why, so thank you, Father's Steve. Day. Happy Father's Day to you, to your dad. Thank you. Everybody out there. So everybody enjoy Father's Day. And happy Father's Day and to you as well. Another grandchild on the way. Yes, yes. Uh, that's The grandfather business is... You know what? Suddenly out of nowhere, you know, you're holding him, and there's something that doesn't quite smell right. You know what you do as a grandfather, as opposed to being the dad? You hand the child over to the parents and say, <laughs> got a little problem here. <laughs> Maybe you should take care of it. <laughs> I got that perfected. <laughs> I have seen that already with my dad. Hey, you've done your time. That's right. No, absolutely. Uh, my time I've now. Done my time, baby. Yeah. It's, it's your time now. <laughs> hey, it's uh, it's how we you know, it's how we roll, man. It's how we do it. It's all good. Hey, so hope everybody. I hope everybody has a great day. All the dads out there, hope you have a great day. Enjoy it. I'm going to be spending part of my day. At the ballpark on Saturday, on Sunday. Uh, Father's Day game. It's going to be a summer-like day. Mucho cool. Love it. And in that summer-like day, you're going to get a chance 
uh, you know, taking a little bit of baseball. Your team turned a triple play last night. I know, number it, two. Who would have thought? Uh, well, usually teams that let a lot of guys on base do have a ch- better chance of turning triple plays. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> oh, my almighty! <laughs> I mean, how do you think you get the triple play? Well, for one thing, <laughs> you let guys get on base. <laughs> That's, that's a prerequisite. <laughs> well, it was the Michael King spot start game, so that well, bears you know that. Yeah, but, um, but uh, it is actually the first time it's ever happened in that sequence. In the history of baseball, it's the first time that that sequence happened. And if you listen, I don't know which call you have. I know it's the play-by-play call of the day, but I know I, I've already heard John Sterling's call of it with Susan Waldman. And when it was over, they weren't sure it was a triple play. Yeah. Well, no, because of the, the and what causes it is the sequencing. It's not a standard, hey, step on third, throw to second, on to first, it's a triple play, okay, which obviously we've seen before. Because of the number of crazy things that happen on the play, uh, they end up with... Uh, how was it? Like one, six, five? I mean, it, when it was all done, I think they used almost every number. <laughs> Basically, hey, we yes. Yeah, we used all the numbers. That's great. But once again, more bad base running displayed in baseball this year. That's really unbelievable. Um. Okay, more bad base running. Yes, do I want smarter play? Of course. But this this does go back to... Look, there are some people out there. Um, all right, let me take this from a different approach. I think one of the reasons that we every once in a while see bad base running. How often have you talked? Have I talked about the ability of guys knowing how to play? All the time. All right. Uh, it's not talked about enough in sports. But then again, I feel like there are a lot of times on on this show that we talk about stuff that other people don't talk about. The, I mean, you listen to a lot of sports radio. Don't, don't you get that same feeling that we talk about different things? Yes. Com- no doubt what, about that. Compared to what other people talk about? It's like, all right. I mean, it's just the way we do it. Uh, I, just, I just don't... Uh, uh. So, who do you think is better? Brady or LeBron? Oh, jeez. And really? on the many things I've heard of, I've heard so many stupid things about the Sixers today, whether they win or lose this game tonight. But that's another topic. But yes. But yeah. But you know, you try to stay away from the lowest common denominator. You got to respect the audience, our audience. I mean, you listen to the calls we get. Listen to the calls we get. How smart's our audience? When Dick calls in, either great comments or great questions. Love Doug. It. Doug. Doug calls in, right? Great comments, great callers, right? Our calls from Sealands Grove, our calls, every call we get is a smart call. It's either a really good question or it's a really good comment, okay? That's because you have to have an audience. We sit there, you got to respect your audience. And our audience, I mean, just listen to them when they call in. How smart are they? Really smart. So what do you want to talk down to him? What do you think has got the better legacy, LeBron or Brady? Like, and you spend 
two and a half weeks talking about the same thing over and over again. I just, I can't, I can't listen to it anymore. I sit back and go, I don't want to listen to that. That's a bunch of junk. <laughs> Let's get out of here. So, so let's get into a couple things today. One of them is the ability to know how to play. I am concerned. All right. I've talked about analytics. I've mentioned are important. I've said enough positive things about analytics, so I don't have to sit here and defend, you know, and sound like the old man got off my lawn, whatever, which, you know, you end up being portrayed by the analytics people, and I'm sick of that ignorance because that, you know, that kind of stance of, well, it's just an old guy got off my lawn, whatever. Okay, okay, stop with the ignorance. Actually have a backbone to have a conversation about it. Analytics is a way to win. And sometimes, by the way, it's a really good way to win. But it's not the only way to win. It's not the only way to win. So let me give you uh, a couple of examples. Let's look at the last three world champions in baseball. Um, the Yankees, no, they haven't won anything. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, Aaron Boone's out. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Well, you look at the Red Sox, the Nationals, and the Dodgers. All three have managers that, sure, at times use analytics, but don't always go by the book. Dave Martinez, Dave Roberts, Alex Cora. They'll move runners. They'll hit and run. The book says don't do that. You you do the, you know, and again, and Dick from Milton will be the first to confirm this. All this stuff about playing for the three-run homer, uh, excuse me, but that's how Earl Weaver played. <laughs> okay? Earl Weaver managed games like that. So it's not new. But you have Encora, Martinez. I mean, they'll handle their pitching staff based on a little bit of instinct. They'll run a little bit. They'll hit and run a little bit. I mean, when the Yankees played the Red Sox, it was the Sunday night game. I think it was the Sunday night game. Where Cora started the runner, and it was a situation where we were like, oh, okay, that's different. Now, it paid off. He actually came around the score and, and the whole deal, all right? It, do, it would, doesn't matter to me that it worked. It doesn't matter. The fact that he did it, and I liked that he did it. Like, okay, showing a little instinct, a little gut, you know? I'll give you one that didn't work. You have to know what's going on, and you have to have a feel for the game and how your team is playing. So let's go back to the 2016 Big Ten Championship game. Penn State's playing Wisconsin. And it's a 21-7 game, but you just feel like the game is getting away from Penn State. You just feel like the game's getting away from him. All right. And 
in the, on their own side of the field, right around the neighborhood of the 40-yard line. James went for it on fourth down. Well, guess what? I remember in the moment, sitting in the booth of Lucas Oil Stadium, um, I'm thinking, great, they need to go for it. It didn't work. Well, guess what? Five years later, if we're sitting there, I'm going to tell you, I'm really glad James Franklin went for it. It was the right thing to do. It was instinctively the correct thing to do. Now, Penn State came back and won, but instinctively, I thought it was the best thing to do. You know, it was a gut feel. He had to make a gut call. In my opinion, even though it didn't work, he made the right call. He made the right call. And it didn't work. But it was the right call instinctively. And that's what we need more of in sports today. And that's why you say you see more bad base running, because when do they have to run the bases? They're all playing to get three-run homers all the time. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, your guy, Aaron Boone, has a really nice record as the manager of the Yankees. Really nice manager. Okay? No getting around it. But I think he manages robotically. He doesn't take a chance. He doesn't do anything instinctive. He doesn't come up with some. You feel like the Yankees are winning the game, and it's like like he is just, for the most part, punching in, punching out, doing the lineup, and after that, you guys play the game. I'll change pitchers because the analytics says I have to change the pitcher. Okay? Yep, totally agree. And that's not, it, it just, I just think that's the way it is. Um, as opposed to what other guys are doing, and in other sports. And in other sports. It's, um, and that's why I sit back and I see stuff like this. And you look at this stuff and go, what the heck? I don't want sports to become robotic. So that's why in thinking back, we were talking earlier in the week about changes in baseball. And I've talked about, hey, two feet on the infield dirt, two left, two right of the bag, even if the shortstop's only a foot from the bag, because I'm trying to create space in the game. But something that they've experimented with in the Atlantic League is the robotic home plate umpire. Yes, are there wrong calls? Yes. But to be honest with you, I'd rather keep the human element in it. I don't want sports to become robotic. You know, Patrick Mahomes, back to pass. Everything breaks down. He moves and gets out of the way. Then all of a sudden he throws one sidearm under the arm of a linebacker, and it's complete. Everybody goes gaga over that play. And it was ad lib. Okay, ad lib. Not only by him, but by the defense. Ad lib by the receiver who got himself to a spot. You know, that's what makes this makes it fun. That's why when Jerry Dulac and I were talking yesterday, 
about the Greens book, well, the reason we want the two of us are forgetting rid of it, reading the Green is a skill. You're not good at it. Here's a recommendation. Try harder to get better at it. Part, Part of when you get ready for anything, when you get ready for anything, you work very hard on preparing. So football, it's team meetings, watching video, practice, so that when you get to the game on Saturday, you've gone over every scenario. Practice and meetings are where the questions need to be asked. Practice and meetings are, okay, this isn't working, why? Is there a, hey, guys, and I've heard James say this, guys, is there a better way you think we can run this? And a couple of players, I'm more comfortable doing it this way. He says, okay, let's do it that way then. And you find out it works. Okay, great. And that's where that work gets done. That way when you get to the game on Saturday, you've already nulled that out. And then during the game, you have to make an adjustment here or there. But that's to me what, what, what makes sports fun. Not, you know, I don't want sports being robotic. And that's why you talk about I've seen more bad base running. Because there's more bad base running because guess what? You're not supposed to be moving around. In baseball, they've tried to make it into a station-to-station game. Play for the three-run homer. Well, all of a sudden something happens. Nobody out knows how to react to it. I think that's one of the reasons. Just my opinion. I just think it's one of the reasons because we're making it a little too robotic. We can't do that. Hey, part of what makes sports great is that, yeah, you do have structure, but within the structure, yeah, just like in life, something breaks down. And sometimes there's not a book for it. And then you figure your way out of it, and it's actually kind of cool. All right, we'll take a break. Brewers Outlet, the place to go to get ready for Father's Day. In fact, Matt's made out a list of what he wants. Of course, and a good weekend for it, too, weather-wise. What bothers me is you posted it on Facebook. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. You know, we played that commercial for Babel. The suit thought it was an official language. 
Of course. I, I, I have no words. No words. He wonders why Doug and I give him these like these looks. Like, what the heck is he talking? Right. S <laughs> U I T. That spells suta. Or as Doug would say to me, he says, "What's he babbling about now?" I says, "He's babbling about Babel being an official language." Oh my Almighty! <laughs> oh boy! Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. Pickle bar lie by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. you got Father's Day and the 4th of July. Father's Day and the 4th of July. Stock up now. Clean the cooler up and make sure it's ready to go. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Japan, by the way, has started lifting COVID-19 state of emergency orders. Okay, interesting. Now, look, the Olympics are happening no matter what. So Tokyo is going to stay under somewhat of an emergency state through July 11th. That's 12 days before the opening ceremonies. According to Reuters, Japan will lift the state of emergencies on June 20th. So that's Sunday, just over a month before the games begin on July 23rd. During a recent COVID-19 response headquarters meeting, Japanese Prime Minister Shuga revealed that the government will go back to tightening restrictions of COVID if COVID-19 numbers begin to rise. Restaurants there close at 8. Establishments serving alcohol close at 7. Well, to point this out, especially the latter, because if you know the suit goes, I don't want him sitting there at seven thirty saying I don't get it. Why are they closed? Maximum number of spectators for large events will be fifty percent capacity or five thousand, and those spectators will all be from Japan. Nobody from the outside. In addition, the country is hoping that increased COVID-19 vaccine rollouts will help matters. Suga says the country is averaging 1 million doses administered per day. Japan, uh, Japan will begin vaccinating workplaces on Monday. The Olympic Games go July 23rd through August 8th. So we want to make sure we got that in there. Of course, Brisbane bid against nobody to get the Olympics. Thought that went well. It's always easy. Ever notice how it's easier to win when there's nobody else against you? All right. Let's get to the uh, U.S. Open leaderboard. I guess what we have a surprise leader out there. It is Richard Bland, who 
shot a five under uh, he's at five under par I believe he shot a four let's see what did he shoot today shot uh, 67 today four under par 67 so he's the leader at five under Russell Henley doesn't tee off until the top of the hour he's at four under Bubba Watson after shooting a one over yesterday 72 came back shot 67 today he's at three under par Bubba Louis Tazen uh, is at three under for the tournament. He's one under under the day, playing 16. Rafa Cabrera-Bello is at three under, tees off at 520. Francesco Molinari tees off at 414, is at three under. John Rahm is even for the day, two under par through 16. Kevin Streelman, two under for the day, two under for the tournament through 15. Xander Shopley tees off at 436. Two under. Brooks Kepka tees off at 414 at two under par. There's a group at one under that still has to tee off for the day. Bryson DeChambeau, by the way, is done for the day. Uh, the defending champion, who was two over yesterday, shot at 269 today. He's even. Let's see. Anybody else on here? Lee Westwood is at one over. Just started. Now, I guess he's one over through 17. Uh, let's see. Tommy Fleetwood. Good player, Fleetwood. One over. Uh, tees off at 4.03. Dustin Johnson. Two over for the tournament. Two over for the day. Playing 18. Rory McElroy. Two over for the tournament. Three over for the day. Playing 18. Patrick Reed. One over for the day, two over for the tournament, playing 17. Let's see. Sergio. Sergio Garcia, three over 74 today, three over for the tournament. Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama, three over for the tournament, five over for the day. Shot 76. So I just want to make sure that... uh, and Phil Mickelson uh, tees off at 4.36. He was four over yesterday. So there you go. There's an update on the leaderboard at the U.S. Open. All right. So that's what's going on there. Uh, big recruiting weekend continues. First time coaches have been able to get out, by the way, which is great they were able to get out. I know the Penn State men's basketball coaches – I'm not going to say where, but they're out today. Um, Looking at prospects that are playing in some of these AAU tournaments. Uh, CBS Sports Radio wants me to be on whatever. Okay, great. That's fine. Why don't you just go on for me and then you can just pretend you're me, okay? You sure. can do that, right? Why not? In fact, let's let's make it really entertaining. Let's have the suit get on there. So what do you think of Sean Clifford? Who? Oh no. No good! No good! No Does he play for Sugar Lemmy? Oh. 
What do you think? He he could replace me on that, don't you think? Sure, why not? You'd listen. Out of curiosity, yes. Our audience would listen. (laughs) I mean, that would be the equivalent of you're sitting there on a Friday night and you're turning, flipping through with the remote. And the train scene from the from the fugitive comes on. Oh no! You watch it, don't you? Even though you know he makes it. <laughs> yeah, trains flying everywhere. Harrison Ford ducks under the rock, under the bridge, goes flying over him, looks around, and go, "Hey, all right." I think this would be pretty close to the equivalent. Don't you think? You know it's going to destroy itself, but you you still gonna watch. Yeah. You sound almost embarrassed to say it. <laughs> well, whatever happens, we no longer carry CBS Sports Radio, so there's that. Oh. It's a golden opportunity for me to be on. It was just my way of getting him more involved. Always appreciated. Just trying to help out. You, sir, are my hero! Yeah. What the heck? Now, put Dave Ritchie on there. I think the comfort level, you just feel like, okay, you know, this will be good. Of course. But there's something about the suit being on the segment that just gives you that fugitive feeling, doesn't it? Watching that train fly all over the, hitting the bus. (laughs) Or interrupt you at a function. Has he done that before? Oh, at the oh yes, at the function. Oh yes. <laughs> the Aid Jude Robinson Fellow Scholarship. He's also on the board of Devlin McGregor. <laughs> okay, that ought to tell you something right away. Hold on, whoa. <laughs> okay, you're recommending this drug, but you're also on the board. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I got a couple questions here. <laughs> you changed the samples, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't change anything. <laughs> I made suit light to it. <laughs> now, they already had their Father's Day moment. They went to the ballpark together. They did, last Sunday. Yeah. Does it really count as a father-son outing for Father's Day if the dad has to pay for everything? Um, you know, that's a good question. Because just on the one I, because on the one just, hand, it's it I don't know if it was if it, I'm I guessing it was a gift from Suit Light. So you'd think he would, 
But at the same time, if Sue does, then he's just continuing to be the fatherly figure to him that he always has been, I guess. So it's a good question. We can, we can debate that last part for a different day. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, let's just start out with the basic premise. Thank God for the mother. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Plus, plus, I mean, I'll, I mean, Suit Light was incognito with that fake beard. Yes, I did see that at Beer Fest last weekend too. <sighs> wow. We didn't like create a position for him here at the station, did we? That is also a good question because that was in between my times here. So I can't comment. Well, that's a wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. College football playoff has moved to the next phase. The 12 team model now goes before the top decision makers next week. The proposal to expand the college football playoff to 12 teams is moving forward. They did agree today to present the concept to the 11 university presidents and chancellors who have the ultimate authority over the format. They're going to meet next Tuesday in Dallas. The management committee, uh, the management committee, uh, presented this. They're going to ask the presidents and chancellors on the CFP's board of managers to authorize the solicitation of feedback and begin feasibility assessments of any new formats. So Bob Bowlesby said it's an information process. Four of us were uh, at one place. Now I think we have 11 of us at that place. Now we move to talk to the president to see if we can get them to the same place. Makes sense. If the Board of Managers supports the proposal, it would be the green light for the commissioners to continue to work on the details through the summer before reporting back. And remember what we told you. What did we tell you the timetable was? We told you it was September. Well, that's what this says here. Uh, they're going to report back in September. The two-day meetings in Chicago were an important step in expanding the field beyond the current four-team format. Those in the room, though, did caution there won't be any definitive conclusions on when and how it might happen until this fall at the earliest. That's fine. I mean, we know it's going forward with four this year. We all know that. This is an enormous undertaking with dozens and dozens of moving parts, Bowlesby said. So it's not going to be a rapid process. I get that. It's going to be at least this fall before we have the necessary conversations and possess the necessary information to make informed decisions. The proposal was written after two years of research by a subcommittee. Subcommittee was Greg Sankey, the SEC Commissioner, Bowlesby, Jack Swarbrick, the Athletic Director at Notre Dame, and Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson. The meetings in Chicago were the first time the entire management committee was able to discuss the details in person. The heck with the Zoom stuff in person. Swarbeck joined the meetings on Thursday but did not participate today because he wasn't feeling well.
The proposal does not include guarantees for conference champions. Instead, it calls for the bracket to include the six highest-ranked conference champions plus the six remaining highest-ranked teams as determined by the College Football Selection Committee. There will be no limit on the number of participants from a conference. Actually, there is. There is a limit, you know. If you're going to have the six highest-ranked conference champions, that means that no conference can have more than seven teams in it. See? Uh Uh-huh. The good news is that everyone who is on this conference committee supports expansion, said the new Pac-12 Commissioner George uh, Klyovkov, who will begin his role July 1st. We're all aligned on that. The great news for me coming into this for the first time is that the starting point for everyone's discussion is what's best for the student-athletes and what's best for the game. College football playoff with the four teams in the original concept, as you know, I was all for. It became apparent to me after two years that there were some unintended consequences. Here's one of them. ESPN, which, of course, is a primary driver in college football, they have done a great job of promoting the game over the years. When it comes to the college football playoff in November, you have 130 teams. Essentially, they spend a lot of time in November talking about seven over and over again, seven, maybe eight. That's not good for the game. That's just one of the unintended consequences. There are others, obviously. All right, we'll take a break. We've got a lot to talk about with this. Today's show, sponsored by the Suits Official Language Babble. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wrong sponsor. By our good friends at Brewers Outlet, which after a staff meeting, we always need to go to. Here on News Radio 1070 WK. <laughs> Great to have you with us on the uh, show today. So it's another step forward for the 12-team college football playoff. Uh, It's going to take a while uh, to get there. Uh, But I think it's going to eventually get there. Like I said, when we started talking about 12 teams back in December, we're trying to come up with a way to expand the playoff uh, because you need to spread the wealth more in college sports which means that you're getting more fan engagement you're getting more excitement Uh, you want to reward the top four teams that's why I I thought they should have a bye and I think this is um, I'm just glad to see that they're they're seriously considering it. And and as I said back, I think it was back in March I said this. I said, look, I don't want to go from four to six. I said, if you're going to do it, go for it. Okay, get to where you think you need to go now instead of making baby steps to get there. And that's what they're doing. They're going for it now. 